are tuned into Yod Life, the podcast, where we spend time getting to know your favorite artists, DJs, and entertainers, how their Yod Life and roots have influenced their journey, and what drives their success. And now, your host, Andrew Stewart. Greetings and welcome to Yad Life, the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Stewart. If you're a first-time listener, big up and thank you for tuning in. And to all our returning listeners, welcome back. In this episode, we feature legendary songstress Pam Hall. With a musical career that has spanned more than four decades and a love for music that is second to none, Pam gives us insight into her early years, family, and career. Now let's get to the conversation. Welcome, Pam Hall. You know, glad to have you on the, the, the podcast. So we like to start off by asking our guests, you know, what is one thing, one of your greatest accomplishments so far outside of music? Outside of music? Ooh. You know, seminar, no? <laughs> I honestly don't know. I, um... I just enjoy life, really. One of the things that I do best is, is to really just enjoy life. And sometimes in a very basic and simple way, you know? Mm-hmm. But I honestly can't think of, you don't know, <laughs> I true that. So, you know, tell us how you got your start in the music business. Uh, you've been... Um... You've been performing, you've done the duet, you know, you've been backup singer. You know, how did you get your start in music and where does the love and passion come from? The love and passion is just in my genes. I just simply love music. I've always loved it very, very, very much. My earliest memories are of music. It's all, and anything that I remember is tied to music at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just natural for me. Your musical beginnings, you know, as most artists, traditional schools and, you know, the church arena. What schools did you go to? And, you know, performing in church and the choir, how did that, you know, direct how, where you are today? Okay, um... I was at well, the schools I went to. I went to a little school on my road named Miss Morris. Right? Mm-hmm. That was my first school, like four years old. Then I went to Franklin Town Primary. Then Excelsior. Then I did some time at CAST, which is now UTEC. And then after that, I did some secretarial training at Alpha Commercial. That's basically school. The schooling. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've learned a whole lot. I would say, oh, I went to school of music for a little while too. Yes, how can I forget that? <laughs> so how was the experience at the school of music, you know, drawing to your, your, your direction in the music business? Yeah, well, I was already a professional when I went to the school of music. So I learned a couple of other skills, you know. I didn't finish because I did a year and about a half. Mm. At the halfway mark of the second year, my father fell ill and he passed. So 
I didn't go back to school. Just as I said, I was already a professional. Mm-hmm. So, but I did learn a lot at school of music. But when did you know you wanted to pursue the singing career? Um, well, it's, music has always been a big interest of mine. As, as a child, I thought of being a nurse at some point, thought of being a teacher, but neither would work. I'm too empathic <laughs> to be a nurse. I would get sicker than everybody else. <laughs> and I thought of being a teacher for a while, but when I saw how much trouble we all gave the teachers, I said, I don't think I would go there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I can attest to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but along with that, music was always involved. I was always singing, performing. Because in primary school, I did a few performances too, you know, mm-hmm. with, with other children at school. And same in church, choir, group singing. So music was always very much there. In terms of the professional side of it, we almost, my sister, Audrey, mm-hmm. and I and a friend, we almost got into the business when, when I was like 10. Um, we were, it, a song was written by Audrey and I think, I don't know if Audrey alone wrote it or Audrey and Paula. But, you know, maybe one day we'll do that song, even though it's a very old style song, mm-hmm. befitting the age at that time. But um, we were toying with the idea, but my grand aunt, who was the one who grew us up, she had said, uh, no, not no. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that was the best thing for us all. We were too young. Right. When you look back now and you hear the horrors that some children in the entertainment business have been through. I think it was the right decision. Right. Nothing before it time. Yeah, and, and it didn't bother us. We just, we just went on singing with each other and, you know, there's no big deal. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the story, you know, where the mic didn't sound good, so good. <laughs> um, I was, perf- this was my first solo performance actually at Excelsior at a school concert and I sang I sang Ain't Too Proud to Beg the reggae version and you know it was it was a hard right and thing and then somebody said to me afterwards they said um you sounded good man that was nice but the, the, the mic could sound better <laughs> oh no I know so good that I know so good. A ball, a ball. <laughs> I tell you, you know, so you have to be careful what you say to people. <laughs> right. I, I, as Jamaican, sometimes we are, we are honest to a fault in what we say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Moving oh, from boy. there, you know, and you started, um, you know, with your duo with uh, Woody. You know, how did you guys get together? And 
where did that take you? Um, well, William and I used to work at the cleaner. Mm. And I used to see, Woody always came into the canteen singing. And so we'd end up talking about music and so on. And somehow came out that um, I could, you know, pull a note. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and this resulted in the first record that was put out. I was um, also a workmate of a young lady by the name of Pauline, who was the what? No, the mate. No, let me not say mate. I made me mate, right? <laughs> she was the girlfriend of Tinga, Tinga okay. Stewart. Uh-huh. And well, yeah, we all lived in the same area, so. Music talk, and we'd go to the beach, and you know, we hung out. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing a duet with Tinga. And that was the first recording I did, if I am remembering correctly. It was a duet. And it was a version of You Should Never Do That. Mm-hmm. So, so, all that stuff, all those little links were happening while I was at the Gleaner. Okay. How did you make the switch or the, you know, how did you get to the jazz portion of this, the performing? Oh, I'd always love jazz. Love jazz from a little baby girl. Singing guitar solos, singing horn solos. I always did that. And when, when I look back now, at how I used to know these solos, note for note, I said, you know, you weren't a normal picnic. Yeah, man. And the scare, which was very jazz-influenced. Oh, gosh, I love those solos. Sing the solos. So I always, always loved jazz. So you've performed with some of the the biggest reggae um, acts of our time, including like Peter Tosh, Dennis Brown, Ferris Hammond. What is traveling like with those guys? Well, Well, with Peter, I didn't... Um, Travel with Peter. I just worked on a couple of his albums. Um, did travel with Toots. Mm. My sister and I did background for Toots for a couple of tours. That was fun. Working with Toots was fun because he's so lively and energetic, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, we used to dance like what? <laughs> dance up a stop. <laughs> And we made up our own um, choreography, which just kind of evolved. We didn't plan any choreography, but the choreography evolved, you know? So mm-hmm. we do our things, our thing as well. So, yeah. yeah, most of the people that I... Uh, okay, I've toured with I-Tree as well. Mm-hmm. And I've toured with Ziggy Mali and the Melvin Makers. All, all fun. Because, mm-hmm. like... Ziggy Marley and the Middle Makers, high energy, high level of preparation also, which made going on stage more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and did a, a few tours with, with um, I3 as well. So those are the people I've toured with. However, some of them 
you buck up on still. Mm-hmm. Like I've been on the road and buck up on one or two other artists at that time. You know? mm-hmm. so, so I've been on shows with some of these other artists on, on my own, you know? Right. What is one thing that you'd say, you know, has changed the way you look at the business over the years? Well, um, <laughs> a couple of things. One, well, in the very beginning, Woody taught me a lot about performing, about relating to the audience, things that he says to the audience and so on. That is the early days. Um, a few years later now, when I entered the festival, mm-hmm. my manager at that time was Errol Wilson. Still is my manager. And we produce and write songs together. Um, you know, this was me, a lady, and everybody else in the competition was a man. So I step it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we and I would rehearse what he's going to say, the dance moves and everything. And that made a difference to me as a performer. That I always mention that that particular competition. That this is competition note. It's not just normal development, you know? Right, not just on stage performing. You're right. planning to win. Yeah, so actually um when I came third in that competition. But Rory and I, we tied for best performer. Right. So you don't know. <laughs> it was effective. I'm, I'm going to pick up Willa for that. Right. Yeah, well, <laughs> if you tied with Rory on for performing, and Rory on is a hell of a performer, especially in the festival contest. Then. Yeah. Yeah. So the two of us tied. So, yeah, man, that was a, that was a, a, a turning point in my state performance, you know? Years in the business. Right. Hold on. One more thing. The third thing now is um, promotion. I always say, if I had my career to do over, I would spend more time, more effort on promotion. And then when I was putting out this last song here, I said, but hey, it ain't over yet. Let's do some promotion. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? So I have been working on that, on, on the promotional aspect of it. So those are the things that are of major importance in, in my career. Right, that was going to be my next question, you know. What would you, what would you do differently? <laughs> yep. And, and the, people, the people, like dancehall people especially, oh gosh, them not around to promote. Mm-hmm. From dancehall started, because I was there at the start of dancehall, Dancehall artists have always been very aggressive promoters. I respect that. Right. And more of us can learn from that. Well, I learned from them. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. It's never, it's never too late. As long as you're still singing, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you said that. So what projects are you working on right now? And what's next out there for you? Okay, um, well, I have a lot of music on that, a lot of unreleased music, instrumental versions, too, of some of my songs and so on. I'm trying to get the music off that, mm-hmm. a couple of all kind of versions and 
dubs and instrumental versions. So trying to get that off so we can do some projects with those versions. Also completing other stuff that's in progress right now and um, co-producing. We are, my team is co-producing with a new artist, an interesting character. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, it's kind of different. Yeah. Right. So that is in progress. And lots of stuff to finish up. You know, lots of um, production work to finish up. So, yeah, hands are full. That's good. That's good. Who has been some of the influential people in your career and that, you know, continue to drive your, you forward? Okay, well, early days, it was, as, as I had mentioned, like Tinga, early influence, mm-hmm. Harold Butler and Willie Lindo. Those, those two perfectionists. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of work with them, singing lead as well as doing harmony sessions, working duet work, harmony work. You know, they were very influential. And of course, Woody and Willow. And one of the early people I worked with was Beris. I had a lot of work with Beris. We did session work together and I did mm-hmm. harmony work on his stuff. And he actually did, did he do it? He never did. It. But back in the day, did a lot of, I was wondering if he had some song and a song on my sister's album but he I don't think he did it he didn't do it he was in the studio though mm-hmm. but um but yeah we did a lot of work together and before I knew Beres I, I admired him as a vocalist you know mm-hmm. and we do have mutual respect so he's one of I don't know if I would call him an influence but one of the early people in in my career that I can remember having good times with, you know, musically. Right. And we did end up doing a song together, a song called African People, featuring him, myself, and um, oh, OP. Okay. Opie. Yeah. Yep. And there are many others along the way, you know, but these people I can remember easily. Of course, well, one of the first people I worked with was a guy named um, Rupert Cunningham. Mm-hmm. Also, he did two songs with me. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell you something, at that time, I was using my middle name. And I didn't remember that at all mm-hmm. until somebody from England sent me a copy of one of those early songs on YouTube, and you could mm-hmm. see the 45 with the name on it. I said, Jeez, oh my, I was really doing that. Okay, <laughs> interesting. The evolution of the career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your family life. I know you have a daughter for sure, <laughs> but tell us about your family life. Well, my daughter has a big brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And and he has provided me with my first grandchild. Okay. So yeah. Um family life. 
yeah, family life was kind of interesting and, and varied because my parents, the early, early years of our life were spent with um, our parents in, in England. Mm-hmm. And then my grand-aunt you know, took us the rest of the way into ad- adulthood. We saw our parents sometimes, mm-hmm. but those were the, the main adult um, influences. And um, grand-aunt was the one who let us all go to church and that kind of stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was a very gentle person, which is probably why, you know, everybody has a rough streak in them, but I try to be and tend to be gentle with people for the most part, you know? Right. right. And, and my children brought out that side even more. I mean, was, I mean it's such a miracle. It's such mm-hmm. a miracle actually give birth to a child and see this person and while you're pregnant you're, you're saying oh my goodness I'm so curious to see this person I mean I have a person in me I mean it's really amazing you know mm-hmm. and um, so taking care of them and, and that kind of thing brought out a lot more you know right what was it like you know performing traveling before, after kids, or even during that time of being pregnant? Okay, well, well I performed a, a good bit while, while pregnant. Um, both times. And did a fair bit of traveling too, especially with um, my daughter, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I, Travel out to Japan and jump up and down on stage and that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, I was always a fairly active person, you know. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was able to kind of basically manage that. Right. Okay. So, you know, what is something you want the audience to know about Pam Hall, uh, you know, before we go into the wrap-up? Oh, well... I'm a huge sports fan. <laughs> yeah. And from when I was a child, I've been attending sports events, sporting events. Quite a variety also. As, mm-hmm. I mean, the major ones, though, are like football and netball, track and field. Those mm-hmm. are the main ones. But, I mean, I've even been to an NBA game. Okay. You know? And I remember... When, when Jamaica was heading for the World Cup and we had to play um, Brazil in Florida, yeah. made us take my phone bill and just jump on phone bill money, jump on play in Angana, <laughs> Florida. We'll watch much. I'm, I'm that much of a sports fan, you know? Okay. I've also watched the, the Sunshine Girls in Florida. Mm-hmm. I didn't go there for that, but I knew they would be there, so I had it on my list of things to do, you know? <laughs> so right. I went to quite a few of the matches. Okay. And I love to read. Sometimes I have to control it. <laughs> that, okay. Yeah, so how can the audience stay connected with you, Pam? Like, what's your Instagram, your um, website? You know, how can they stay connected with you? 
Okay. Um, Instagram is P-A-M-H-A-L-L-L. Three L's. Mm-hmm. Um, website is pamhallmusic.com. And uh, Facebook is Pam Hall Music and Pamela Hall. The friend page is Pamela Hall. Pam Hall Music is the, the fan page. The, the fan page. Yeah, which is better to link with because the, um, the friend page is full up. <laughs> All right. Um, Pam, thank you so much for taking the time out. Uh, it was a pleasure having this conversation with you. Learned a lot more as I, as I go through the process. You know, I'm learning with every single interview. And I really appreciate you joining us. I thank you very much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Yard Life, the podcast. Don't forget to check out our website at yardlife.com, where there are links for show notes, upcoming guests, and much, much more. Until next time, enough blessings.